Okay, everyone, g'day and welcome back to another year and another season of the My Love of Golf podcast. This is your host, Roscoe Flanagan, joining you here solo today for the opening episode of 2020. Yes, it's been a few weeks since Rocket and I last convened. It's gone quick, but it's, it really is only a couple of weeks ago since the last podcast came out in 2019, and there's been a bit going on in the early part of 2020, so... I just wanted to jump on today and give everyone a big welcome back to 2020 and talk about a little bit of the direction of the My Love of Golf podcast for the year and just set the scene. There are a number of objectives that I have with the podcast for this year and if I just spend a minute to reflect back you know, to the start of 2019, you know, we were probably maybe five podcasts old. It was that time of every podcaster's journey where you're sitting down thinking what am I doing here where where is this going is this actually a thing well fast forward to maybe 30 episodes last year 40 episodes and uh, you know a, a lot of fun uh, I'm very pleased to say that we are back now we've already got a couple of episodes in the can and a number of episodes already planned which is a great thing so the last couple of weeks whilst uh, we've been not on the airwaves uh, we have been busy I've been very busy working uh, it's a busy time of year in, in the golf uh, game. Everyone's out playing, so that means that everyone needs new gear and new equipment, and I've been uh, very, very happy uh, talking to uh, a lot of people out there and about playing golf. And it seems to have been a lot of which, you know, especially the newer golfers that I've talked to and met, a lot of which has come on the back of uh, the success of the President's Cup, which Rocket and I talked about at the end of last year. But it really did capture the hearts and minds of um Existing golfers, no question, but it's really brought the game to the forefront of a lot of new golfers. So, you know, it's the important times like this that as the golf game and the golf industry, you know, we really need to capitalise on and make everyone welcome, make everyone's experience to the game of golf a positive one. And part of this journey is trying to contribute my little bit, Rocket's little bit, towards that. So yesterday... I went out with a, a story on uh, the My Love of Golf Instagram. And if you haven't uh, subscribed or haven't followed us on My Love of Golf Instagram, please do. It's one of the areas where we just keep everyone informed and, and try and post uh, a little bit of additional content and try and create a little bit of additional value for everyone to see what is happening at My Love of Golf. Well, I went out and posted a story and it basically said, you know, what are your thoughts? What, are your, what, what do you want to see from the My Love of Golf podcast for 2020? And I have to say, I was actually blown away by the response. Um, you know, it's not the biggest Instagram page, but, you know, it just proved to me that there are, and we have a number of loyal listeners and a number of fans, and I do really appreciate all of you that took the time to respond. Now, I thought just today in setting the scene and telling everyone that we're back for 2020, I might run through some of those uh, topics because really it does set the, you know, it meshed in with what I had in my mind as the objectives for the podcast for this year. And 
you know, I would like to grow it, absolutely. Would like to continue the directions that we've been on and would like to try and expand into some new horizons where possible. So I'm going to you know, run through some of the feedback that I had and just expand on how I see that uh, panning out for us here at the My Love of Golf podcast. So my first uh, contribution was from my partner in crime in the other podcast that uh, project that we started last year was from Jamie Glazier. You can find him at uh, life underscore luckbox or jamie.glazier. Uh, now, Jamie and I started the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast last year towards the end, about November. It's about six episodes old now. It is probably one of the greatest things that I've ever participated in in a short period of time in my life because it is contributing no end to a very, very... Um, what I hope is going to be sustainable but improved level of golf performance and that really was the objective of that golf podcast uh, when we started the the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast was to help everyday golfers. So Jamie and I are going to continue that. That's just a little bit of a side thing but Jamie contributed and said he wants to hear stories of golf trips from the listeners, best destinations and why and that is very much in the sweet spot of the charter I guess you could say of the My Love of Golf Podcast you know already that I love travel. You know, you know I spent a month last year in Scotland. I was lucky enough to spend uh, a bit of time playing a number of different courses around the country and you know, probably, in all honesty, missed a few opportunities to, to capitalise as much as possible on those trips and travel. I love travelling. Um, you know, we're all busy. Um, I would like to try and do more travel and golf-related travel this year. So you know, that is definitely on the... Uh, the agenda is is traveling personally, but also engaging with listeners um, about their golf travel. Because you know, if we pull our resources and uh, share our common experiences, you know, I think that's the best way to cover that. So, yeah, you know, we've already started that uh, at the end of last year. Um, I met up with uh, Brendan from the Instagram page called A Golfer's Journey, and uh, Brendan and I had been communicating for a little while also shares a deep passion for Scotland and Ireland and has travelled extensively. Now, Brendan's from, you know, the small town of Gympie up in, you know, just north of, a couple of hours north of Brisbane and just a mad, passionate golfer. And, you know, let's be honest, Gympie isn't the sandbelt, so he's not blessed with the same conditions that, you know, maybe Jamie and I and, you know, some of you guys down in Victoria get to play with. But, he, you know, he has built a very vast portfolio of golf course experience internationally. So Brendan, you know, really, I guess, started that idea for me of engaging with listeners who have been on great travels, who have got some travel trips, some travel advice, and just great stories. Now, Brendan has a great story, and we'll probably talk to Brendan about it, but I'll let you inside. You know, Brendan's one of the guys, if you look at the the No Laying Up Scotland series, and they play at the old course, well, Brendan's one of the guys in the video playing with the guys from No Laying Up. So pretty high pedigree already in his golf travel but it's a great uh, idea Jamie and we will do that so we will do more stories from listeners if you want to contribute to that I am all ears and open to any thoughts suggestions and feedback from you if you're going on a golf trip if you're on a great golf trip and want to phone in and we can record that happy to you know take it whatever direction you want that's the beauty of what we do that's the beauty of podcasting you know you've got the opportunity to record edit include and, uh, and bring people different insights. Now, another one of our uh, golfing friends and you know, one of Victoria's more successful club golf pros, been in the game for a long time, 
fellow member at Peninsula Kingswood, Heath Street. Now, if you know Heath Street, or the name Street from the golfing world, uh, Heath and Kane. Kane, I think, is a friction rep up in Queensland. Um, good guys, good golfers. Hail from Melbourne, I think, did their, did their uh, golfing uh, formative years at uh, Southern Golf Club and all of that sort of thing. But Heath is the director of golf out of Box Hill, as I said, fellow member. He said, how about having a pro tip from a PGA professional? Absolutely, Heath. And uh, I'm going to keep you honest on that. You are going to contribute to that. And we will do that down at the short game area, the practice facility down at uh, PK. And we can record that. And you can contribute to the weekly, monthly. I don't care what the schedule is, but we'll do a tip from a PGA golf professional. And you can you can start that off and we'll engage with uh, maybe Mike Ferroni, who I spoke to yesterday. And let's uh, bring some extra value to the My Love of Golf listeners from our fellow PGA golf pros. So good idea, Heath. No problems at all. Now, it starts to get a bit meaty from here. Lemon Tang, Tommy Lyman. Now, I know Tommy Lyman. He's uh, a Mornington Peninsula local, good young golfer, excellent young golfer, national golf club champion number of times, knockabout fellow. I used to drive him to Pennant when he, uh, before he had a, dr- a driver's licence, but we stay in touch. Great young golfer. He said, let's debate the controversial Australian top 100 golf courses. Now, Tommy's a member at the National and he's got probably uh, three or four of the best golf courses at his disposal. So I'd be interested to debate that with him. I, I don't see any, any debate, but just a discussion. You know, maybe, maybe he thinks that the inclusion of the Gunnamatta course in the Golf Australia magazine's recent top 100 uh, release is controversial. I don't know. I played it. I was part of that panel, and I know the guys that did play it that day all thought it was pretty good. So it's ranked pretty highly up there. Um, you know, it's another Tom Doak special down here in Victoria. We seem to be blessed with them. But happy to discuss top 100 golf courses if uh, anyone would like to. The Golf Digest rankings aren't out yet. But uh, it'd be interested to compare and contrast. You know, Golf Digest and Golf Australia have a couple of different um, approaches to, to developing their criteria. Golf Digest has a lot of panellists and, and Golf uh, Australia magazine have fewer panellists. I don't know exactly how many on each, but I just know that Digest have a lot. But anyway, it'd be interesting to see maybe when that uh, Digest list comes out. But also on Top 100, we are going to have an episode with one person who I know who has completed a top 100 global golf list from Golf Magazine. Um, We will have an episode featuring the journeys, the trials, the tribulations and the great experiences of one of the guys that I know who has one of the rare people that completed a top 100 global list. So that'll be be very, very, very exciting to to share that story with you. Early predictions for major winners. I think if you saw the post and you're following the the story posts, I uh, I put Tiger in there. That was a little bit of a, a deference to uh, my man Rocket. I think Rocket would he wants to back Tiger in for another major next year. And who am I to say that the big Tiger, the goat, can't win another major? So there was my early prediction. Tiger will win another major next year. Oh, this year, sorry. Uh, and then then we get into one of our very very good supporters. He's in the industry. He also works as, as well outside of the industry, but a very busy man, uh, Ben. Ben from South Australia. Met Ben maybe once uh, a year or so ago, 
and uh, we stay in contact. And he's a very, very strong contributor, not only to this podcast, but a number of podcasts around the world. I've heard his his Instagram ha- handle pop up. Uh, always makes me laugh because it's his name spelled backwards. So, but uh, I think Paddy Golf and I said, "Oh, thanks to Level Level F Neb." So anytime I see Ben's uh, Instagram handle, I always think of Level F Neb, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, just uh, Ben, his name's spelled backwards. But uh, Ben contributed quite a lot of thoughts and thought-provoking suggestions for me and really, really good ones, once again, aligned to sort of where my mind's at. The first one, and I don't know if they're all achievable. I'd love to think I'm going to shoot big and, uh, you know, think that they all are achievable. I'm probably maybe underselling myself as a... As a draw card, I don't know. It is just a small little podcast. But he said, you're going to try and get Clates on. Now, Mike Clayton, if you know, is you know one of the, I guess, how, do, how would you describe Clates? A golf architect, um, a former European successful golf touring pro, and very, very outspoken on golf architecture. You know, sometimes, I don't think controversial, but sometimes controversial in many people's eyes with his approaches to golf course architecture and design you know he he jokes himself about ripping you know he's the guy that you call in to get the trees ripped out and you know I'm privy to have seen a number of uh, courses that Clates has touched and you know I'm a I'm a big fan of of his work you know and I'll go back to I'll go back a long time to the lakes now the lakes is in Sydney if you drive from the city in Sydney down to the airport you'll see the lakes on the left and the right hand side of that freeway that takes you to the airport now many many years ago must be over be approaching 20 20 years ago they did a redo at the lakes and on the right hand side as you're going to the airport you could see the course and these courses were only ever a dream to me back then Um, lucky enough to get to see a couple of them now but he put these big sandy wastelands in and I remember at the time everyone thinking that that was very controversial. Now, like all good architects, in the built form, in the golf architecture form, they're usually always fairly ahead of the curve. In a built form, you look at uh, Federation Square. Now, I remember 25 years ago when Victorian government said we're going to build this uh, edifice to architecture down there on the banks of the Yarra River. Everyone was outraged. How can you build that there? Now, I think if you went to any Victorian or any tourist and said, would you like us to remove Federation Square, there'd be an outrage because it's absolutely a fantastic architectural monument and a, and a you know, I guess a key statement piece to, you know, the ability of Australians and Victorians as architects and designers. So, you know, that's the analogy that I use. You know, architects, golf architects, usually thinking well ahead of, normal golfers like you and I, and if you look at the lakes and that sandy wastelands that uh, that uh, Clates put in, I think at the time in Australia they were ahead of their time. Now, bring that back to Ben's recommendation, get Clates on. Clates is probably one of the busiest guys in podcasting in the globe. He is more sought after for commentary on podcasts than anyone I know. Anytime I see his name pop up on a podcast, it's guaranteed to listen for me because it's just – it's – comedy as well as info information because he's just very dry and very witty and just he's a guy that i like to listen to not sure if you do but mike clayton we've met once briefly if you uh if you could all it oblige the listeners of the my love of golf podcast probably melbourne's melbourne's number one golf podcast maybe outside of the one that you're already on uh i'd love to talk i'd love to talk because i do i am a fan and uh 
I think it'd be interesting for us to uh, give our listeners an insight. Uh, ben also said, any insights about the Vic Open? I hope to bring you some insights from the Vic Open because I'm pretty sure that I've got a gig down there um, playing in the Pro-Am again. Uh, last year was the first experience at that and this year I'm hoping to back that up. So we will try and maybe expand on you know, some of those insights. So let's see if we can manage that. Uh, ben continued with Ogilvy. Love hearing that guy talk. Sort of in the similar vein to Clates, you know, in that he's another highly sought-after podcast guest. You know, if you listen to Andy Johnson, the fried egg, you know, Jeff's a regular contributor to there, and that is one of the best listens. If you're into your golf architecture, as most of us are, you will you love listening to Jeff Ogilvy. Very honest, strong in his opinions, very forthright, and just unbelievably knowledgeable about golf architecture and the future of golf architecture and what it brings to the the development of the game. So Jeff, you know, that'd be a, that'd be a dream. That'd be a dream interview to get Jeff on the on the podcast. Once again, I've met Jeff once. I met him at the Oz Open up in November. He's a member of the golf club. He's he's been open saying that he's a member at Peninsula Kingswood. You know, if that if that could happen, that'd be fantastic. Because I, you know, he's another another guy that I ad- admire and aspire to to talking to, and you know, to think that you know you're playing as a member at the golf club of uh, an open uh, U.S. Open champion, a major champion, is just a bit mind blowing in its own own right to think about that. So, I'd love to talk to Jeff Ogilvy. Um, Maybe Mike Ferroni could tee, tee up an introduction there. You know, Mike and Jeff are friends um, and play golf you know, back in their formative years. So, yeah, if he thinks we've got enough runs on the board with this podcast that we do, he might give us some time. That'd be that'd be great. Now then, uh, what else? My Our friends at uh, Puttering Around the World commented. Now, Puttering Around the World, they are the dynamic duo that uh, hail out of Germany. Travelling around the globe, playing golf, I think their mantra is quick pars and slow travel. I could I could have got that wrong, and if I have, I've, I'm, I apologise, but quick, let's say quick pars and slow travel. So travelling around the globe, usually in a minivan somewhere, playing golf at iconic or interesting golf destinations, and then taking all the travel sites around the world. I think that's called living the dream, someone once said to me, um, and I've met the guys, I've been in contact and friends with them for a while now and we had them down at Mornington Golf Club just before New Year's and it was a great day, it was pretty warm and Mornington were very, 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 very friend, uh, kind enough to let us on and go and play there and they really enjoyed it because it's got, you know, how could you not enjoy Mornington Golf Club? It's got almost, uh, oh, geez, not 360, but 180 degree views of the beautiful Port Phillip Bay from the city down to Sorrento, a great new few um, redesigned holes. We played the new... Uh, par three down there, it was great. But uh, James and Meneksha, James is American, used to work for Adidas, by the way. So he met uh, Meneksha in uh, in Germany, and uh, Meneksha is German. If uh, you didn't already pick that up, if you haven't followed them, please do. Puttering around the world, but the guys have said we love Lynx Golf. So anything related to Aussie Lynx golf courses, Thompson, etc. I think, and although they probably also mean McKenzie and that sort of thing. So I posted my video from Barwon Heads last year and for me Barwon Heads is one of the great Australian um, mainland bound Lynx courses that I've ever experienced you know it's very reminiscent of Lynx golf in, in Scotland and Ireland that I've experienced it's been touched by Mackenzie so yes definitely would love 
to expand on understanding a little bit more about Lynx Golf in Australia, a little bit more uh, on some of the nuances of that. And if we can talk to anyone that can help us with that, we will. But that, I guess, links back into the travel and, and just bringing a little bit more golf content from courses and, and places and destinations around the, uh, around the country. Now, here's a good one. I like this one. And I did have to read it twice. No, I didn't really. Uh, more of Roscoe and Rocket. Now, you will know that Rocco, Rocket, Rocco, we can call you Rocco, um, Rocket is my compatriot who is the absolute golf nerd, tragic uh, architecture buff, um, tour stats man and uh, all-round cynicist um, that we have on the team and we are privileged to have the Rocket Man on the team. Now, who would have sent in a recommendation to have more Roscoe and Rocket? Rocket did. He sent in his own recommendation to have himself more on the podcast. So, Rocket, don't worry, mate. We've signed you up. You're in. We've, my people have spoken to your people. As long as, uh, you know, maybe we'll have to get Mrs. My Love of Golf and Mrs. Rocket together to, you know, just confirm the deal. But, uh, yeah, you're in, mate, and we will be hearing a lot more of Rocket this year. Big year ahead for you, bud. Now, what else have we got? Bogies to birdies. Young Phil is a very, very fine young man. If you've played golf down at Sandra's Beach in the last year or so, there's a fair chance that you've bumped into Phil. So Phil runs his little Instagram page, Bogies to Birdies. He's a very passionate young golfer and uh, and a handy young young player. He'd be a good four-ball partner, I reckon, Phil. Had 46 or 7 points at Eastern Golf Club. First time out there recently, um, I found out, well, I saw in his post, but I talked to the guy that he played with yesterday because I played golf with him and said that he striped the, the pants off it at um, Easton. So handy little golfer in his own lo- own right. Little short bunt style of, a, style of a swing, you know, keeps it low and under the wind. And that's what you get when you're working at St Andrews Beach, another doke masterpiece here in, in Mornington. So Phil came to us and said, would love to hear about your goals for 2020, both for the pod and personally, and how you track them. Now that was a very, 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 very good question, Phil, because... If you've listened to us on the uh, the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast with Jamie Glazier, and please do go over and flick and listen to that, we did the last episode on goal setting. And Jamie obviously works through that with everyday golfers and also high-level tour, tour golfers. You know, He's just come back two days ago from Orlando where he worked with uh, Ryan Ruffles, who's made it to the Corn Ferry Tour. Congratulations to Ryan. Um, another... I think Matt Snyder and a couple of other people that are trying to get onto the various tours. So he just had a, an intensive session with those guys. So he is all across goal setting. Now, goal setting is something that I've, being an older guy, I've done pretty much all my life at varying degrees of intensity. But the time that we spent with Jamie just before uh, Christmas and talking about goal setting made me really focus on this part of you know, what I want to get from the podcast and then also personally because, as, as you know, we're all busy. So I've spent some time just digesting that, Phil, and I'm happy to, yeah, maybe we could catch up and talk about it at a more deeper level because obviously you, know, you would like some help around that area and very, very commendable for you to reach out. That's what you know, this is all about, you know, mentoring and catching up and, and talking to people about you know, personal development, golf development, all, all about that. So Phil, I've just got a couple of highlight, you know, high level things that I will share with you that you know everyone can can listen to, and, and I guess it's more about how I start the process, 
and then a little bit about how I keep on top of the process. Maybe not going to go into too much of the, the actual goals, um, but it's more about the process. So I, I use two different techniques, uh, or not two different guidelines, not techniques, two different guidelines. And one is the SMART goal process. Now that's very much around um, you know, SMART, S, it's an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. SMART stands for, in relation to goals, being specific, that's the S, measurable, attainable, relevant, and having a time frame. So that gives you a framework to, you know, basically structure a goal around and and a way to keep yourself accountable to that goal. Now, that is one way of setting goals using and, and measuring goals. Uh, it helps you define what the goal is. You know, the one thing with goals is not to have wishy-washy goals, not to have these big broad brush statements that really you can't apply. If you can't apply SMART to it, then it's going to be very hard for you to follow and maintain and keep yourself on track for achieving that goal. So it, that does help you when you write a goal statement and I encourage you, Phil, and anyone else to write it down. Big part of you know getting out of your head to get it onto paper. I use a big um, post-it note, you know, like a big, big massive post-it note that I can stick on the wall and I've got that all written down in front of me and that's what I'm reading from as we speak. So that SMART acronym, Phil, is, is a really... Oh, I've just broken the desk. Sorry about the noise. It's, uh, that's a bit of a bit of an issue. It's not even my desk, it's uh, my son's. So that's a good acronym f- to start the process. But the other thing that I like to do is, is to have goals that are more action-oriented. And when I say action-oriented, it's more around having a vision and then understanding what actions that it takes to achieve those goals. So the goal, I still write it down, it's still very clear, that's the vision. But then I start to think about what are the actions that I need to put in place on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to bring those goals to fruition. So that's a little bit of a different way to look at it to the SMART. SMART's very descriptive, you know, and, you know, the measuring part is is very def- definitive. And sometimes goals aren't always like that, you know. So sometimes, sometimes it is very, very handy to have goals and have a vision and write down your vision like a vision statement. That's another sort of corporate speak sort of wanky term for goals setting, um, goal writing. But then what are the actions that you're going to do to put in place to achieve those? And and basically it's like the think, the act and the get. How am I going to think about my goals? What way am I going to act and how am I going to get them? And the other thing, Phil, and sorry I've gone on a little bit too long more than I thought I would, um, what am I going to start, stop and keep doing? So what do I need to start, what do I need to stop doing, and what do I need to keep doing? And these are, I guess, more around behaviours. Phil, you and I should catch up. Last thing on my goals, you know, business, personal, health and wellbeing and golf. They're sort of the broad areas for me. You're all probably the same. If you're not and you want to contribute and you want to add in and you want to share, as again, we're always happy to share. Uh, what else, what else, what else? Um Random Golf Club Gold Coast. So we talked about Random Golf Club at the end of last year and uh, it's one of the Instagram sites that have popped up that are going to help you know, drive that Eric Anders Lang's Random Golf Club uh, movement. That's the best way I could describe that. Now the guys at Random Golf Club Gold Coast sent in um, a request, golf equipment, debate technology, 
uh, trends, marketing BS and continual enhancements. So I think it's pretty clear what that statement um, means and, and we should and can spend some time talking about that. You know, there are people that are pro-equipment, pro-development, pro-making the game easier through advancement in technology. You know, I think what uh, you're getting at there is, you know, is the technology great for the game? How much advancement does do you really get? So, you know, there's there's a, an endless amount of discussion that you can have on, on that. You know, the guys at the Rollback Alliance, you know, they're having an event um, fairly soon where, you know, you have to use 20-year-old clubs. Can't wait to go to that. You know, that, that is that is me all over. But I'm still going to use, you know, when I turn up every Wednesday, you know, my brand new driver. I've just ordered some new irons. You know, I'm, I'm still going to use the new technology. So, yeah, it's definitely worthy of some further consideration. And, you know, I'm lucky that I can get access to the brand guys to talk to. I've already recorded um, and will come out in a couple of days uh, with TaylorMade on the SIM product. So absolutely no problems. Uh, what else? What else? What else? <laughs> David Crisp. David Crisp is a is a is a mate of ours, and he runs an Instagram page called Golf Fan TV. Now he's trying to, you know, use his, um, I guess his his celebrity, you could say. And David said, "Reality stars who golf." Now, David would call himself a former reality star because he was on Married at First Sight. So, Dave Crisp, if you want to come on to the My Love of Golf podcast, mate. That's an invitation. And you can tell us the behind the scenes of what it's like to be on an Australian, one of the biggest Australian reality TV shows called Married at First Sight. Now, you're in the earlier versions of Married at First Sight where you could, you know, bail out of the show pretty easily. They've locked everyone in now and they've got the formula right and, you know, the villains are in to the end. You were probably on the villain category um, and I'll give you the right of response to let everyone know why you were maybe portrayed as a villain and, and you know, that behind-the-scenes look as to uh, what that's all about. So, Dave Crisp, Crispy, you're in, buddy. That'd be a good one. Uh, now, the rest of the recommendations, and there were more, and I'm not going to go through them all, but uh, interview with Cam Smith, the guy seems a legend. I just got to be honest. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to get Cam Smith. Why? Why would he come to a little my love of golf podcast? But you never know. But I did have a, a funny uh, little interchange with my mate and fellow podcast guest Chase Blair, who's playing rugby league over at the Castleford Tigers in the UK and doing very well. Signed up for another year. Just uh, put some pictures of himself without his kit on. I said to Blair, I said, probably got more chance of getting the other legend Cam Smith on before Cam Smith, the golfer who just won at Wiley on the weekend, Cam Smith, the rugby league player, who is also a golfer. So Blairy reached out to uh, Cam Smith and just put it on his radar. Let's see if that can happen. I'd love – Cam Smith is a legend of rugby league. If you're overseas in England and that, you know rugby league, you'll know Cam Smith because he's probably torn apart every English rugby league team in the last 15 years because he's been playing for 400 games nearly. He is a dead set legend and uh, just a, from a leadership perspective alone – get golf you know you would want to talk and you'd want to spend some time with cam smith so cam smith the rugby league player i would love to talk to you um cam smith the golfer that's that's a no-brainer he's a he's he's unbelievable he's just uh you know setting himself as potentially the best golfer in australia for the coming season uh pods with other club builders you know cool clubs pure format sort of thing yeah can do that um i'm probably not going to talk to cool clubs and pure form uh, but we can certainly talk about uh, the brands and 
the technology and what they go what goes into uh, them building. Pods with people you meet on the fairways. So Dion met at Random Golf Club Melbourne. Uh, pods with people you meet on the fairways and greens. So just once again, those stories that you know are worth sharing. The people that you meet randomly. Uh, there's always a story. There's always a backstory that if you delve past the golf story, that there's something, you know, a little bit of gold in there. You know, that uh, everyone everyone can hear. Everyone should hear. Uh, people that run the Oz Open. Um, what their plans for the future? So maybe uh, Mark Hardes. We can talk to Mark Hardes. I know Mark from uh, Lagadier. So maybe we could talk to him. That'd be great. I helped him out before. Um, <laughs> ben pub with Andrew Dado about the uh, axing of the golf show. Yeah, probably wouldn't probably wouldn't hit Andrew Dado up for that. But um, he's a former Mount Eliza boy, so uh, I might hit him up about life and times in Mount Eliza. That that would be interesting to me. But yeah, he's a he's a mad passionate golfer. Also on the Golf Australia Top 100 panel, I'd love to talk to Andrew Andrew Dado. I wouldn't ask him about his axing from the golf show, but um, yeah. But the one that I would want to talk to, and Ben, once again, your suggestion, and you're close to uh, this man. I am close to him because he's a fellow Scotsman. Pod with the most interesting Scotsman in golf at Stuart Kerr, Stuart L. Kerr, Stu Kerr, from uh, Adventures in Golf fame, from Eric Anders Lang fame, while he's still in Australia. So Stu's here in Australia at the moment because his home is in Adelaide, but you know, if you follow him, you more have likely seen him in any far-off golf destination from all parts of the world, from Scandinavia, Scotland, to South Africa, to the Nullarbor, to the US. He is Mr. Every, Everywhere Man as uh, Eric's best mate. So we caught up with Stuart at the end of last year. We caught up with Big Jackie Boy, his dad, who I also love equally. You know, I've sent a message to Stu. He's not been on too many podcasts, but nothing would give me a greater sense of uh, pleasure and privilege is to sit down for an hour with my man, Stu Kerr, even if we just talked about Scotland. You know what? I would even talk in a Scottish accent for the entire podcast just to, I don't know why I'd do that, but... I will probably end up talking in a Scottish accent. Let me put it that way. With with Big Jackie Boy, his dad, and Stu on one side, I would probably have this, my weird hybrid Scottish accent that I grew up with that uh, I can bring out at will. It's like the other, other Ross that we don't know. Um, that would probably what happened. I would love to talk to Stu and talk about his journey, even, even his story about migrating uh, from Scotland to Australia. You know, having had parents that followed that same journey, having, you know, knowing people, you know, from whatever part of the world, but, you know, I share that affinity coming from Scotland to Australia and I'd love to hear about that story. You know, what it was like when he moved to Adelaide, what it was like for Jack setting up a, a family in another part of the world, a new life. You know, these stories are so rich in, in emotion, so rich in, you know, trials over triumph over tribulation. They're, they're, they're great stories. Now, you could have a whole series of podcasts with Stu about the, the stuff that he's seen and done. And um, Stu, if you're listening, man, you know I love you. I'd love to talk to you. So let's do it. Uh, someone said, uh, I don't know, I'm too high. So thank you, uh, Davis Clayton, for uh, that feedback um, late last night. Good for you, man. Appreciate the feedback. <laughs> I wasn't high, but uh, I did chuckle when I got that. Uh, trip to Barnbugle to have a chat with Richard Sattler. Ooh, that would be special. Richard Sattler, you know, what a what a icon of the golf industry in Australia. And, you know, he's not even a massive golfer, but, you know, he is the guy who is behind Barnbugle Dunes and Lost Farm. 
my my response to uh, Ben was, you know, why don't we have a trip? Why don't we have a mile of golf trip down there and you know do a podcast live with Richard? Do a podcast live with uh, some of the people who join us on that trip. We might see if we can uh, put that together because that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, Big Rock, Big Ryan O'Connor, upcoming tech. Yep, that's in the bag, mate. We're going to be talking tech, and uh, you're going to be blown away with some of the stuff that is coming out this year. Uh, Pod with Doak Shapers working at Yarra Yarra. Renaissance Golf Team, if you're listening to this, mate, I, I said to Ben, uh, I fancied myself as a shaper once. I don't mind having a little go of a skid steer, like a dingo uh, or a little bobcat. You know, I've got the skills to drive one of those, and I do fancy myself as a creative and I like, I fancy myself as a shaper. I'd love to come down and just film and watch the, the guys, you know, dancing around on the skid steers, shaping up a bunker, shaping up a fairway. And after spending uh, a few holes with Mike Cocking, you know, last year down at Peninsula, you know, and he just talked about how they shaped one particular fairway to bring um, different parts of the of the bunkering into play and push people to one direction but make it punitive on, on another direction. I found it fascinating, fascinating. Um, you know, whether it's Craft and Mogford, whether it's OCM, whether it's uh, Renaissance, I, I would really love to uh, learn more about that and to, to bring some of that to you. Maybe um, the golfing greenkeeper could uh, to help with that. Uh, Mitch, Mitch Driver said, you know, he'd like to hear from you know, superintendents from around, around the country. Absolutely. One of the most popular episodes last year, and it was before we had this elaborate podcast studio here in uh, Lockie Flanagan's uh, bedroom, when we were still doing it via the phone, via this very agricultural recording means, uh, one of the most popular episodes was the one was Mitch- Mitchell Driver when he was standing on the first fairway at St Andrews at the old course talking to me while I was recording in the Nissan Navara mobile podcast studio parked out in the driveway. It was one of the most popular episodes. So people want to know the, you know, pardon the pun, they want to get to the grassroots of the greenkeeping and that whole art of getting these courses to what they are. Um, excuse my dogs barking in the background. So yeah, absolutely, uh, Mitch would love to do that. Uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. You know, we've sort of gone for about forty minutes. That's enough time. There is one thing that I just do want to reach out and say. Um, you know, part of the break was also is I didn't really have the headspace to jump on and record with the same energy and, and enthusiasm that I would have liked. You know, Australia's been gripped by uh, you know these terrible fires that have, have affected. A large part of the country, most of the country, and it's no secret as to how many people have been touched by it. I think in Victoria, you know, everyone knows someone, not in the six degree of separation, but just directly that have been impacted by the fire. You know, they were on holidays and had to be evacuated onto the beach and stay there for a night or two. You know, Ollie Yawn at Fit Golf um, was in that category. One of my old colleagues from Mercedes Benz, you know, lost lost her family home up in uh, eastern Gippsland. So everyone has someone that's been directly affected. And during that time, it's just I've just found it, you know, when I thought about sitting down with the microphone and trying to be, you know, engaging and creative, it just didn't come to me. And so I gave it a rest. And But what happened in that time, um, you know, we all thought about how, how we can help and what we can do to uh, contribute. And, you know, Celeste Barber is been unbelievable you know what that young lady's been able to achieve but the guys at caddy magazine who are also friends of the pod will what guest from 2019 and will be a guest again in 2020 
had a great initiative to donate the proceeds for the sales of Volume 6. So not the latest issue, but the Volume 6. So these are all collectibles. Caddy Magazines, you know, they have a limited print run. They will all sell out as people, you know, more and more people jump on board. They will become collectible. But Will is donating the proceeds of sales from Volume 6 during January to the bushfire appeal. Now, what's the relevance between Volume 6? Well, uh, I forget the name of the Golf Rhino. Golf Rhino was the photographer. You can look him up on Instagram. He, after the sand fires, the Sand Valley fire, not Sand Valley, um, in Cal- the, the fires in California that ravaged a whole uh, chunk of California, ripped through his golf course there, and he videoed that. You know, he was quite touched by that and went out into the golf course and took some great images of burnt golf balls, which featured on the cover and also inside Volume 6. So there's a bit of a synergy there with you know, the, the, the tragic circumstances surrounding bushfire. And so that's the, the, the link to Volume 6. But Will did a great job in, in having that initiative. The other thing that Will's doing is a little charity auction, which the My Love of Golf podcast is, was very honoured and very proud to be a partner with Will and the Caddy Mag. So we are auctioning, and there's about a day or two to go in the auction, around with myself and with Will Watt, editor-in-chief of Caddy Magazine, one of the most creative uh, people that I've met. You know, when you look at that magazine and, and look at it from start to finish, it's basically Will's baby, and he's got some great people around him, but, you know, he's, he is the editor-in-chief and the founder of that beautiful uh, bit of Australian golf content, so Will and I are going to host two people at Peninsula Kingswood. So Peninsula Kingswood features in uh, Volume 7, which is out now, of Caddy Magazine. So we're going to host two people down there. All you do need to do is uh, you can get the link to that auction through the bio on my Instagram page or you can go across to Caddy Magazine's um, Instagram page or web page and get the link there. I think the bidding was up to about 450 which is great value because considering that the entire amount of that is going towards uh, the bushfire appeal, so Will's chosen appeal, um, whatever that will be. So that's cheap, you know, a couple of hundred bucks for you and a mate uh, each. So it's two twenty-five, um, four fifty. So let's hope we can get that up. That's pretty cheap, and you know, I'll probably even buy you a sandwich and a coffee with that. But uh, you know, if you want to hear about the My Life of Golf podcast, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure that that's a big draw card. But if you want to hang out with Will Watt and just find out everything that you can within sort of four to six hours about what it takes to put one of the best golf magazines in the country on the planet uh, together, well, there's your opportunity. That's that's a money can't buy. And we're going to play the North Course. It's absolutely fantastic. It's the one that everyone's talking about. It's number five in the Golf Australia um, 2020 rankings, rightly so. It's ahead of Kingston Heath. So if you want to sort of had a question around golf rankings, the questionable golf rankings or whatever, you know, Tommy Lyman said, bid up and come and join Will and I for a game of golf. So I just thought I'd like to close on that great initiative, really positive uh, thing that, that I can help contribute to in a small way. We've done our other stuff here with uh, Mrs. My Love of Golf and, you know, the animals and, and, and whatever else um, just through that tragic time. But a positive way that I can, I can contribute and a thanks, Will, for the opportunity. Um, really good, really good friend of the podcast. So, guys, episode one of 2020 done this is it episode two which will drop fairly soon after you listen to this is with tom carroll from taylormade uh, discussing the release of the new taylormade sim product so 
that's a good one. It's already been done. I recorded it uh, a little while ago. So if I go on about 2020 again at the start, that's why. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a big year. Thanks for joining on board. Thanks for participation. If you want to contribute in any way, just give me, give me a hoy. And uh, I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to talk. I'm happy to play golf. Whatever we can do, as long as it fits in with everyone's time frame, it always doesn't. But if it can, we will. Thanks again. Enjoy the My Love of Golf podcast for 2020. We are back bigger, better, stronger than ever before, just like Steve Austin. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.